Melinda, Mike might be a jackass, but he's a consistent jackass, which is important. You're listening to Unscripted with Mike and Chris, brutally honest sports talk. And now, here is Mike Jansen. Hello. I don't know how else to start this, but I'll just say hello uh, as we welcome you to this 540th episode of Unscripted. And again, as we're rebranding Unscripted a little bit, uh, the boss and I have had some good conversations over the last couple of days as to where we want this show to go. Um, We came up with something that I think uh, will be fun. I'm certainly looking forward to it. I've gone through all the different social media avenues that Chris has put us online, all the different ways that you can listen and now view Unscripted. And there have been a lot of people, surprisingly, have left some comments and some questions, and they've left some things online that uh, I never really looked at before. And uh, I did take a hard look and uh, found a bunch of people that took some time to write a comment ask a question, make a statement. And um, so we're going to take that and make this what what I'd like to call, and Chris has uh, given me the green light to do so, that I'd like to call it the Unscripted Monday Mailbag. So when we record this, Chris will get this up by sometime on Monday so you folks can ultimately enjoy it. Um, we're trying to do something on sun, on Saturdays, excuse me, something on Mondays, and then something on Wednesdays as well. And so for our first installment of the unscripted Monday mailbox, these are questions, statements, comments, whatever it may be from listeners of unscripted. We've got a canvas of the whole world to go around and find these, and I found a number of them. And so let's get started. Some will have a question for me. Some will have a question for both of us. Some As I see in my list here, there it is, there's the list, that will have a question specifically just for Chris because they figure, well, Mike doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, so let's ask the guy who's got a brain in this twosome. Um, Let's start this. I'm really excited about this. It's kind of cool. This reminds me a little bit back of the radio days. Uh, Our first, I guess, mailbox participant is a gentleman by the name of Mark from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and Mark says, Just found you guys on your website page, unscriptedmc.com. And again, before I continue on, you folks can do this too. You can go on to any of the, I don't know, a hundred different avenues that Chris has found for us, for you folks to find Unscripted. Leave a comment, leave a statement. And obviously, if I find it, we're going to talk about it. So I want, and Chris wants to get you folks involved in the show. And I think this is a good way potentially to do it. And if Mark from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina... Here's his question on unscripted air. Maybe he'll write another question. That's the whole idea here, folks. So Mark from Martle Beach says, I just found you guys on your website page, unscriptedmc.com, and have become an avid listener. Mark, you're a smart man. But here in SEC country, I have a problem with your spin, especially you, Mike, on the SEC, especially SEC football. Every year we have a representative or two in the college football playoffs, Nick Saban has won five national championships at Alabama, and the LSU Tigers are the defending national champs as we speak. Mike, your beloved Big Ten has won just two national championships in the 2000s, both by Ohio State in 2002 and in 2014, and none at your beloved University of Wisconsin. What is your problem with the SEC? 
Okay, you're going to start off by ripping me. Sounds good. Love it. Uh, now we really do sound like it's the radio days. What's my problem with the SEC? I'm jealous of the SEC. That's what it is. They have the best athletes. They play the most exciting brand of football. Um, they have uh, minus Vanderbilt. They don't have the academic standards to get uh, athletes into their programs. I can tell you right now that the average grade point average of an athlete at the University of Wisconsin, it's NCAA mandated that that grade point average maintain a 2.5, so a C grade average. They have to maintain at least a 2.5 grade point average to say eligible to play intercollegiate sports. Okay. The last year, the 25-man roster of the University of Wisconsin hockey team, coached by Tony Granato, the team averaged a 3.0 grade point average. That's pretty exceptional at a school with the academic standards at the University of Wisconsin. That doesn't have to happen at the SEC, and that's my problem with the SEC. The problem is, is that I'm jealous of them. That's what it is. They have the best athletes. They have the most athletes that earn a ticket to the National Football League. Obviously, as Mark just pointed out, they've won the most championships in recent history. Nick Saban has won five. Obviously, LSU. Um, Clemson is coached by a former guy that played at Alabama in the SEC in Dabo Sweeney. A lot of the same philosophies that Dabo Sweeney learned when he was at Alabama. Obviously, he's carried over to South, to South Carolina and the Clemson Tiger football program. But my problem in, in the simplest of terms in regard to the SEC is that I'm jealous of them because they don't have the same academic restrictions that they... Now, obviously, they're still under the NC2A, and obviously, they still have to maintain a 2.5 grade point average but I'm just saying, let's say they aren't taking uh, biochemical engineering at LSU. They're not taking uh, advanced math, trigonometry, whatever at uh, South Carolina. No disrespect there, Mark. I appreciate you writing into the show. But bottom line, and I'll be interested to hear what Chris has to say, because we'll both have a comment on both of, of, of whatever is produced on these letters. But my problem basically is jealousy. I would love to see the University of Wisconsin be able to recruit the athletes that they can at an LSU or an Alabama or Texas A&M or a Florida, and the list goes on and on. You know why Vanderbilt has sucked forever in the SEC? Because they have to go to class there. They have to maintain even a higher grade point average, and the curriculum to get into Vanderbilt is so high that Vanderbilt could qualify as the Northwestern of the SEC. Well, my wife and I have watched uh, Last Chance U a couple seasons, and not that they're in the SEC, you know, they're at the lower leagues and everything there, but it, to me, I mean, it's, it, it's barely even school. Like, the SEC, to me, might, any or any league that doesn't have academic standards, I'm not trying to pick on the SEC, but I mean, any league that doesn't have academic standards might as well not even have the charade of school. You might as well just make it so it's just a football league for yeah. people who don't want to go to school. Because some of the stuff I saw on there, like these guys, first of all, whatever high school they went to wasn't exactly teaching them anything. So, and then they get there, they have no idea how to study or learn or anything. They have no work ethic on anything outside maybe football. And it's it's a disgrace. I mean, 
I, I respect how places like Wisconsin and some of the other leagues have academic standards. And if you can't, I mean, and some of these people, like I saw a story about, you know, a guy who went to Penn State and how this, I forget who it was, some big star at the time. And he was just fawned over. And, you know, the teacher would just like pander to him, you know, like one day he was building, uh, he was taking like water bottles and just building a tower. It was his desk. chemistry class. Yeah. And, and then he, and then he, they, they got knocked over and the teacher ran over and helped them pick them up. Like, you know, like, I mean, and the guy would bring like, uh, like you told me the story about it. Was it Larry Johnson who like came to class or had a, like a girl take notes for him yeah, or whatever? I had a class at UNLV in 1990 mm-hmm. that, um, we sat in the, in the lecture hall, which happened every Monday. We had, and he just, and the teacher, because he, I don't know, was lazy or stupid. He put everybody in alphabetical order. And so Larry Johnson, a J is sitting next to Mike Jansen, a J. And I saw LJ show up for class the very first day. And the rest of the time, the rest of the semester was a different girl in that seat every week because LJ had to stay eligible to play basketball. I know. So it's a charade. Exactly. And this is the same thing. This guy would just get a girl to like take notes and it's a sham. It's a complete charade. Why bother? Don't even have them go to school. Like if you either have a football league for people that are college age and they don't have any academic requirements because they're not even going to school because it's a joke or have them actually have proper academic standards. So that would be my problem with the SEC or anything that doesn't have academic standards. Uh, really, the NCAA as a whole is a joke, but that's not everyone in the NCAA's fault. Correct. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a complete farce. If you are just joining us, we thank you for doing so. And uh, on this 540th episode of Unscripted, a little new feature we're doing on what we're going to call Monday Mailbox. These are questions that I found from the different various uh, avenues that Chris has set us up on so people can hear and now ultimately see on different social media and, and different avenues in general, not just social media, but obviously that's the main focus. And I've gone on to all these different and found people that that have left comments, questions, statements, and the such. And it has now become our Monday feature, our Monday mailbox here on Unscripted. And again, folks, if you'd like to participate, you're more than welcome to do so. Um, as we just went through Mark from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, he went on to our unscripted uh, homepage, which is unscriptedmc.com, and left this comment. So you can do the same thing. I'd say the best way to, I mean, you can always go on whatever, Facebook or Twitter, or all those are all fine too. You can pretty much add unscriptedmc, you know, after the slash at the end of the URL. But uh, if you're going to write a longer uh, comment like this, I'd say the best way is probably just email us at unscriptedmc at gmail.com. And yeah. uh, I think because then you can type as long a question as you want, and we'll certainly get to it if you do that. So thank you. Number two comes from, and this was fun because um, Chris has told me that the most downloads that Unscripted has, number one, obviously, is the United States just because of sheer population. Yeah. Number two, Canada. Number three is Spain. Spain was number two there for a while, maybe because I said something nice about Sergio Garcia. I don't know. But Talia, and I'm not even going to try. You know with me with names. But Talia wrote in. Um, I don't remember which format she did, but Talia from an, I'm just going to say an unpronounceable village in Spain, Talia taking another shot at Mike and I love it more of a comment than a question. I try to listen to you guys, but wish you liked soccer and would talk about it. It's a great game. Talia, I love you. I wish I could meet you. You look beautiful today. I must say, but I will never be a soccer fan. I don't understand it. I don't want to understand it. Um, to me, it's 
it's kind of like a sport for the guys that can't make the football team. I know I'm bis- being disrespectful, but uh, that's my feeling. And um, I, I can't even guarantee you that I would try to watch soccer because, again, I don't know what it means. It's, I don't even know how many guys are on a side. They're just running up and down, running up and down, running up and down. And, you know, I know people think golf is boring. It's like watching paint dry. But I'm telling you, folks, even though, and I do give proper respect as to how great these athletes are in regard to the, the shape that they're in. I get that. But running up and down in a one nothing score after 90 minutes is just a waste of my time. And that's my opinion. And you don't have to agree with it. You can tell me to go do something that's, you know, uh, well, it's impossible to do, um, which is go screw myself. Um, But I appreciate the time that you took to write the comment, Talia. I hope that you continue to listen to us. But I will never, ever, ever, ever be a soccer fan. I don't even have to make the decision on if I should look at becoming more of a soccer fan simply because of the diving. And it's, uh, oh, it's, yeah. it's an epidemic, or should we say a pandemic at this point? Nice. And it's just, it, it ruins it for me. I mean, it's already, soccer is already essentially a, a slower, lower scoring, much wimpier version of hockey. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a fluid game. Yeah. It's, it's not like, you know, it's, it's like, um, you know, baseball and football have lots of, you know, every play is you stop and you reset and okay, you go from scratch. Whereas a basketball and hockey are fluid games mm-hmm. where you're just, you know, you're, the pace keeps going. And soccer is like that too. So um, in, with a complete absence of scoring, no body contact, a massive field, uh, it, it really just, if you're used to watching hockey or even basketball, for example, it seems very, very slow. Uh, and, and the low scoring doesn't help. And the fact that they have so many ties doesn't help either. Like the NFL has ties, but they don't have very many. Like they might have one a year in the whole league or something. The, in soccer, you're constantly getting ties. You're, you're getting zero, zero ties. Mm-hmm. Me, that's just, and I know that penalty kicks are a terrible way to, uh, to, to solve a game and declare a winner. But man, ties are the worst. But on top of all that, the diving is the worst. Like, guys fake it all the time, and somehow the refs allow them to get away with it. I mean, if I was in charge of soccer, I would make it, like, if I, if, if, uh, if it looked like you're diving, automatic kicked out of the game, automatic suspension. Like, not even a question for this stuff, but the, the diving is pathetic. And that one thing makes soccer completely unwatchable for me. If you take that away, I know there's amazing athletes. I know there's amazing goals. I know what they can do with kicking a soccer ball is unbelievable. And the cardio you need to be a world-class soccer player is just off the scale. I mean, if I tried to go and play rec soccer right now, I'd probably die halfway through. Well, I'd, I'd, have a, I'd have a soft tissue injury yeah, in a minute. Well, and that too, yeah. So all the respect to the athletes, other than the ones who dive and flop around like Sean Avery or something, <laughs> you know, to use a hockey <laughs> reference there, you know, one of those guys. But uh, it's, it makes it a joke. And I don't even have to consider or think about being a soccer fan as long as the diving's in the game. Thank you, Talia. We appreciate it. And I hope even after that, you continue to listen to Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Uh, Question number three comes in from GP from San Antonio. I'm hoping it's Greg Popovich. Um, Probably not. Greg, uh, we'll just say GP because that's the way I found it. GP from San Antonio says, I heard an episode a while back on Spotify. I think when you two were rating the order of relevance of NBA stars Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant, This obviously was around the time at the end of January when Kobe passed in the helicopter accident. 
And both of you agreed the order was, of those three, Jordan 1, LBJ 2, and Kobe 3. I agreed with that, as well as my top five all-time would never have such inconsequential players like Allen Iverson, Kevin Garnett, and Kevin McHale on any top five list anywhere. Keep up the good work, guys. GP, thank you very much. And um, yeah, Chris and I were both of the same opinion. Jordan 1, LBJ 2, and um, Kobe 3. I think for the simple fact for me still to this day, even though LeBron has more finals appearances, even though LeBron has scored more finals points, the bottom line for me in regard to Michael Jordan is the greatest of ever of all time, six for six in finals. I just... And again, there are guys that are going to say Bill Russell and there's guys that are going to say Will Chamberlain. But remember, I'm old, but I did not see a lot of Bill Russell games growing up. I watched, I interviewed, um, I had a lot to do in the 90s in regard to Michael Jordan and the Bulls. And you just form a familiarity, if you will, with the Bulls organization and Jordan. And you just, and again, I had a unique seat. I saw a lot of things that people obviously would never have the opportunity to see. And um, I just think Michael Jordan is the best of all times. And yes, that is biased to the time that I grew up and the time that I was in the professional arena in regard to sports casting. Jordan and the Bulls ran the 90s. It's what it was. And um, everything Jordan does was did was newsworthy. Um, he took off a year and played baseball, for Christ's sake. And it was the most successful year in the history of the Birmingham Barons of the Double A Southern League. So, um, yes, there is a bias there. There's no question about that. But from my perspective of watching endless Chicago Bulls games in the '90s, Michael Jordan was the best. And I'm you're not going to be you're not going to be able to change that opinion of me just because of what I saw and what I was able to see behind the scenes made that a very special time and a very special time and place for sure. But again, this is a perfect time to take a shot at idiots like Dion Waiters and John Sally, who had, Waiters had, I remember this like it was yesterday, had Allen Iverson in his top five all time, and Sally, unbelievable, how stupid, had Kevin Garnett and Kevin McHale in his top five all time, and it's like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Now, Sally, of course, was infamous for sitting on the bench. He was a star with the Pistons when they won their two titles back in the late 80s, early 90s as the bad boys. But then for the rest of his career, Sally was a bench warmer for the Bulls and the Lakers. So he got to win some rings for doing nothing but being a, a goddamn practice dummy during practice is what it was. But uh, we thank GP for that. Your comments on uh, Jordan, LeBron, and Kobe Bryant, sir. Well, I uh, just, uh, you know, came down after a refreshing uh, bathroom break uh, before this episode, and I, uh, you know, finished my roll of John Sally toilet paper, <laughs> and uh, so there's what I think about John Sally's opinions. But anyway, uh, the order is obvious. Obviously, Jordan 1, obviously LeBron 2, and obviously Kobe 3, if those are the only three in the group you can pick from. And uh, with LeBron... Look, not, not taking anything away from the guy's amazing and he's a one-man team a lot of the time, but at least he used to be and now he doesn't play defense anymore, but that's fine. Um, he didn't have the same competition, not just because he was in an extremely weak in Eastern Conference, but even the league as a whole. 
really. I mean, we talked about the, great point. We talked about the onion headline a couple weeks ago that uh, I saw where, or no, was it? Was, no, it wasn't an onion headline. Someone made a comment, just you no, know, you know, uh, LeBron James isn't that good because it took him all this time before he finally made the Western Conference final, um, which I know is funny, but uh, at the same time, he didn't have that competition. I don't remember LeBron James having to face Larry Bird or Magic Johnson or that entire, you know, bruising Detroit Pistons team. Or the New York Knicks with Pat Riley and Patrick and Ewing, Patrick and, Ewing and, and the rest of those thugs. You know, or, absolutely. Or, or even uh, or, or Carl Malone and John Stockton. Great point. Or Hakeem Olajuwon sitting there and think, winning when, they, when he steps away. And think about, people forget sometimes about Gary Payton and Sean Kemp sure. out in Seattle. You know, sure. so... Clyde Drexler. Clyde Drexler in Portland, for sure. Great point. I mean, the league was the it was like an all star league. Like like the nineties in the NBA were unbelievable. To dominate any decade uh, is amazing. Yeah. Um, but to dominate that decade, to dominate maybe the greatest one of the greatest decades in terms of stiff competition in all of sports is unbelievable. And he was six for six, Michael Jordan in finals. I think if he doesn't play baseball, he's eight for eight. And I think if he doesn't have that horrible management and that little shit from the last dance who ruined everything, he's maybe 10 Jerry for 10. Jerry Kroos? Yeah, yeah, Jerry Kroos. Yeah, maybe he's 10 for 10, right? So, I mean, he just, they weren't, they weren't losing with him. And he was just something special. And also on top of all that, everybody likes Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like everybody, some people love LeBron, some people hate him. Uh, Michael Jordan wasn't playing for the... South Carolina Bulls. He was playing for the Chicago Bulls, a random city relative to where he grew up. Uh, LeBron James got to play for his hometown team. Yeah. And he left them. And that, and then he comes back and wins them a title, and that's great. But he left them, and now he left them again. And I don't know. I just, you know, Michael Jordan was unbelievably loyal to the Bulls, even though they somehow took him for, at least Krause took him for granted. And whether you look at the person, the player, the magic... Uh, you know, the clutch ability, the pers- the guy to finish things off in a final and actually win the big one. Michael Jordan is head and shoulders above LeBron James. And and that's not an insult. Like, I mean, you can say that about almost anyone else or maybe anyone else in NBA history, that Michael Jordan is better than you. And that's hardly an insult. You know, it's right? funny. We, we, we both forget. We were rattling off all those teams that Jordan had to play against in the 90s, and we're forgetting about a guy named Magic in the L.A. Lakers. I said Magic. Oh, you did it? Okay, yeah, good. yeah. Good. Well, well, I missed we, it. well, we didn't say Reggie Miller. Like, we didn't say... Did, right. I mean... Reggie Miller and the Indiana Pacers. Who else are we for, We're probably forgetting some other people. Like For sure we are. But uh, you, you bring up a very valid point. I want to get to this one as we welcome you to this 540th episode of Unscripted, a new segment that we're doing, and we're calling it Monday's Mailbox. Richard from Philadelphia. Love this one. Oh, there's a dick from Philadelphia? Yeah, there's a dick in Philly. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. a dick in Philly. Like you guys, Richard, this is Richard's comments. Like you guys, and as much as I want to defend my fellow Philly sports fans, I have to admit that we can be a bunch of assholes at times, so I will quietly agree with you on your views of us in general. But I have a question for Chris, if I may. Chris, who is the one guy, in your opinion, currently in the UFC, excluding Conor McGregor, your buddy John Jones, or Stipe Miocic as an example. Mike even knows these guys now. Who is the one up-and-comer that fans of the UFC should be watching for both now and in the future? Well, the one who comes to mind is Sugar Sean O'Malley, who unfortunately uh, lost his undefeated streak in his last fight because he hurt his knee in the fight, and that was really unfortunate. I, I mean, it wasn't just random. I mean, the guy was working his knee and everything, but... 
uh, it looked really painful and it was it was too bad because you know people love when the up and comers undefeated and just yeah. like you have like an Israel Adesanya who I can't even call undefeated any, or I can't even call an up and comer now because he's an undefeated champion so you can't call it undefeated or uh, sorry you can't call it up and coming but uh, Sean O'Malley I think is the real deal he's a knockout artist he's very unique he has a personality he has a unique look uh, he's he's got it all and he came up from the very bottom like on on uh you know the ultimate fighter and he's just um yeah like he's he's the real deal for sure and uh it's too bad he was derailed with this knee injury but yeah sean o'malley is uh he's going to be the next justin gaethje i think like the exciting fighter who's just going to go out there and he's either going to knock you out or going to get knocked out and either way you get your money's worth so uh sean o'malley uh with the rainbow hair uh he's the uh he's he's the up-and-comer that i've got my eye on for sure Thank you very much, and thank you for the question, Richard. Much appreciated. Let's go on to Fred, an Oilers fan from British Columbia. Lots of those. Got a lot of them. Fred asks, or Fred writes, though I love it, why do you two seem to really hate the Calgary Flames so much, especially because you both live in the city? You want to tackle that one first? Well, sure. I, You know, to me, the idea of getting to cheer for a team that is from the city I live in is foreign. Correct. Um other than, I mean, I like the Calgary Hitmen. I cheer for them in the WHL, go to a game once a year or something, and uh, that's fine. But, I mean, a professional sport, I've never lived in the same city as a professional sports team that I like. You're from at least Wisconsin, I guess. It, uh, what's the closest you ever lived to, to Green Bay itself? Um, I grew up in a town that was about uh, three hours west of Green Bay and uh, about four hours north of Milwaukee. Oh, okay. Okay. So, oh, it's always a way still. So, way is a way. Way is a way. Okay. Yeah. So, you never lived like right in Green Bay or Ashwaubenon. Not until I left home. And then, obviously, I've lived in Los Angeles and I've lived in the Bay Area. Yeah. And, and so, but growing up, my formative years were right smack dab in the middle of Wisconsin. And the Green Bay was three hours to the east and Milwaukee was four hours to oh, the it's south. Quite a ways away from both. Okay. Um, I mean, I grew up in. Yorkton, Saskatchewan, which is only an hour and a half from Regina, where the Riders play. Right. But I mean, it wasn't in my city. And then the Oilers, uh, I've never lived in Edmonton, but uh, my parents lived there right before moving back to Saskatchewan, where they were from, to have me. And so, um, yeah, so I mean, they cheered for the Oilers, and it's easy when you're four years old, oh, and sure. the co- and the Oilers start winning five out of seven, pretty easy to cheer for them and Gretzky. So, yeah, I mean... I don't, it doesn't really matter what city you're in. And I mean, the NFL, I mean, there's tons of NFL fans up here in Canada and most of them have no tie to whatever city they have randomly chosen as their I'm NFL I'm surprised team. by how many people live in Calgary that are Seahawks fans. Well, see, that's the one it's where because it's... Because of the close proximity, yes, I guess. It's because of proximity. So, I mean, it's, it's Seattle's like a 12-hour drive from here. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's, it's close. So people will some, still sometimes go with, oh, well, Seattle's the closest. We'll cheer for them. Especially if you're in BC or something, they'd be on TV right. all the time. Right. So might as well cheer for someone you get to watch. But some people just choose like the Eagles or something. They just choose a random team that well, they like, you know? There's a bar in not Signal Hill, but uh, the one over where CJ92 is. I can't remember what part of town. Starts with a C Hill. It doesn't matter. But there's a Packer bar there. What? There's a Packer bar in Green Bay. There's a Green Bay Packer bar in Calgary oh. that specializes in Packers. They play. They they get Packer fans, and they get they they all of their big screens uh, are full of, of when the Packers are on. Do all. you do you ever go? I've been a couple times. Yeah. 
I'm surprised you don't go more. Well, I, I usually now I get all the Packer games at home, so I don't need to go anywhere. But this was years ago. This bar is still in existence. Don't get me wrong, but I, I get the Packers every week now, um, so I don't really need to go out. But but just to go out. Well, I mean, especially with COVID, maybe. But I mean, in general, to go out and hang out with a bunch of Green Bay fans. Like, what are the odds of that? That's yeah. kind of neat. Yeah, it was okay. Um, I got into a few verbal altercations with people, and maybe that's why I don't go anymore because. People were, you know, I'd say I'm, my father was from Green Bay. I was born in the area. Um, and they then all want to see how smart I am in regard to the Packers. <laughs> and, well, you uh, are, though. Well, I get it. But I, it's just I'm there to watch the games. Yeah, I, 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 I don't sit there. I like to just sit there, and I like to watch what's going on in the field. I like to see what the, when the tackles oh, pull. Oh, yeah, you like to really I like pay to, attention I to like the to know. I like to watch when the guards pull. I like to watch the receivers run their routes. So I don't get into a lot of bullshit with, with people mm. during the game itself because I I watch the game, Chris, like it's like it's my father and I looking at game yeah. tape a yeah. 100 years ago. And you ago. watch it twice. Oh, absolutely. I've seen the Packers and the Falcons game already three times. I've dissected it. And uh, saw what the problems were, and you know if Matt Lafleur needs a needs a uh, steadying hand and needs a scouting report, he should call me because uh, I watch the games more than he does. I think. <laughs> well, he's got a pretty steady hand. If you look at his hair, I don't know what that is there. But seventeen and three, solid. seventeen and three uh, since he started. Seventeen and three, and and. Uh, yeah, well, if you he'd know. had Deshaun Kaiser instead of Aaron Rodgers, he wouldn't be 17-3. <laughs> let's just say that. But anyway, to answer the nice uh, mailbag question, mailbag yeah, question Fred. there, yeah. Um, why do we hate the Flames? You know, well, I mean, naturally, I think it's it's natural to, for me as an Oilers fan, to hate your bitter intra-provincial yep. rival, for sure. But on top of that, I think you and I really despise the attitude of everything from Flames management to the oil patch. Because it's basically the same. Like, the Flames management is from oil and gas. Oh, absolutely. Right? And, no question. And if you live in Calgary, you get to see firsthand how... That attitude, I mean, the thing that, that's really hurt the economy here, it's not just, you know, the, the other economic factors, but the people that run oil companies here, they're like the Texas oil guy from The Simpsons, like, you know, just like, yeehaw, yeah. And, yeah. and they... The wild, uh, wild west. All right, oh, oil's $150 a barrel, let's just buy 10 new offices and hire a billion new people, and oh, no, and oil's tanking, now it's a disaster, I have to sell my eight boats that I bought, and pay for my three divorces and i just have to you know oh i have no money now and now everyone's fired and laid off and now everyone's in a disaster and crime goes up it's just like that attitude and just and the entitlement or the people that just even just the lower workers in oil and gas who if they've worked in oil and gas in times have been really good and they're used to just oh getting drunk every night with the boss and you're going out and you're going to boxes and you're getting you know, a charge card and all this stuff. And then you go and try to work for some little company and and you've got all this entitlement and you're used to just being a big party. Uh, that whole thing, like I've never worked in oil and gas and it's just, it's just such a turnoff. And the way they run the the team is the same thing. Like when Murray Edwards is saying like, uh, oh, you want to rebuild? Okay, well, we can rebuild, but I still expect to make the playoffs. That's not what a rebuild is, you idiot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just the whole attitude of oil and gas in this city uh, and the mayor and the the league and or, I mean the the franchise the local franchise the whole thing is just disgusting and uh, it's just not me at all overall it's a good city to live in and a good country and a good part of the world and I'm I'm happy for that but man uh, you get to see firsthand just this the seedy sleazy nature 
of these people that work in oil and gas, and it's it's disgusting. My, my problem with the flames is simply this. Um, there is a lot of money in Calgary. This is a very wealthy city. There's a very high end, and there's a very low end. My problem is, is that they have had packed houses in this city for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. When they've been bad, they've had stretches where they haven't made the playoffs in eight years. Um, my friend Helen Keller could diagnose what the problems were and management doesn't address it. Um, I wish that some of the fans here in Calgary would boycott some of the games Mm -hmm. and tell them to go fuck themselves. And maybe then management would realize that, hey, we have it pretty sweet here. Let's bring some players in so we can be competitive. There is not the same amount of money in Edmonton as there is in Calgary. There is not. And I'm not insulting you. I'm telling the fact. The fact of the matter is, Look at it this way, that that for people that don't understand, the province of Alberta is situated a lot like the state of Texas in regard that you've got the corporate part in Dallas and you've got the guys that do the work in Houston. Very similar here. You've got the corporate, corporate economy or whatever you want to call it here in Calgary, but you've got the guys that execute the plan up in Edmonton. Um, but Edmonton, for, to me, some reason... They know what their financial uh, parameters are. They understand how much that they have to spend, but they seem to be more competitive. The guys here, um, again, not to sound repetitive, night in and night out, years after years after years of sellouts, and we still can't get a competitive hockey team. You've got money flowing through the Olympic Saddle Dome, and now with the new building coming, hopefully by 20-whatever, you're going to have money flowing through there as well. Take some of that money, Brad Tree Living, and some of your predecessors. I mean, I think realistically, here's the thing for me. This is when I kind of realized. The Flames were always, the flame. it's too bad if you go back to the 1980s, it's too bad that Calgary and Edmonton couldn't have been in separate conferences because those would have been the two teams that would have been playing for the Stanley Cup every year. The difference was Edmonton was always just a little bit better because they had Gretzky, they had Fuhr, they had Anderson, they had Messier, they had, you know, you know them all. But down here, 250 miles to the south, Flames had some pretty damn good hockey teams too. Even though they had Mike Vernon in goal, they still had Joel Otto, they had Joey Neuendijk, they had Al McGinnis, they had a really Theron Fleury before he turned into Gary a drunk. Gary Suter, Gary Roberts. Gary's, but they had coaching too. Yeah. They had, they had uh, Badger Bob, and then they went to Crispy, Terry Crisp. And since Crispy went to Tampa Bay years ago, they've never really, in my opinion, been able to fill the head role, the head coaching role. Um, a couple of years ago, an example, Bob Hartley wins the Adams. The next year he gets fired. What kind of organization does that? My problem simply is this. They've got more money than they want to lead on. They could bring some really excellent uh, hockey players in here. I think they hide behind uh, the, the fact that the money coming in is coming in in Canadian dollars where their where their 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 payroll goes out in U.S. Obviously, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of excuses around here in Calgary. Bottom line, in my opinion, why I don't like them is that they do not take their customers into their thought process. They do not take their customers' beliefs, um, and they're taking advantage of their customers. And I would like to see some Flames fans tell the team to go screw themselves and stay away from a couple of games. Let's have some empty seats in the Saddle Dome and maybe then 
Tree Living, and the rest of them. There's eight guys on the board of directors led by Doc Edwards that owns this organization. Maybe then they would take notice and maybe they would put a better team on the fucking ice. That's all I'm going to say. And maybe they shouldn't have the shittiest, oldest arena in the league. Well, they're, they're, the that's NHL. getting rectified finally. Oh, wow. Yay. I, I, 20 years too late. And then, of course, they've got the CFL. The stamps are always good, and they play in a slab of concrete on yeah, Crowchild. That's a joke. Well, whatever. Uh, we've got time for one more. Um, yep, we got time for one more. Melinda from Palo Alto, California. That's uh, Stanford University, folks. I find myself listening to you two a lot lately during this pandemic and like a lot of what I hear. But I must say that, Mike, your strong and somewhat disrespectful comments about women's sports and sports that you just don't like is a bit disturbing to me. These athletes in your not-so-favorite sports work just as hard or harder as the athletes in the sports that you like to talk about. Can you explain yourself so that I can understand where you are coming from? Chris, how do you put up with him? Um, I'll let Chris handle the second one. Um, <laughs> this is simply this, okay? And Melinda, I appreciate your your uh, your uh, inquiry. I appreciate you taking the time to make my list here. So I will respectfully give you a response. I am 55 years old, and I am now at a point in my life where I can care about whatever the hell I care about, and I can tell the things that I don't give a damn about to go fuck themselves. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I have less than zero interest of watching um, anything outside pretty much at this point in my life outside of the National Football League, the NHL, the NBA, some Major League Baseball, a lot of college sports, especially men's football and basketball, and I like to watch golf because I play golf. At this point in my life, I'm not working for a Ron Barr where I have to know a little bit about everything. I'm not working for anybody. Chris and I do this because we like to get together. We like to talk. We like to share our opinions. But at this point in my life, um, neither Chris nor I are, are garnering a paycheck. So I'm going to talk about and concentrate on the things that I want to talk about and spend my time and, and concentrate on. It's that simple. I have no disrespect, or I don't mean to be disrespectful. What I'm being is honest. And honestly, I don't give a flying rat's ass what's happening in the WNBA or what's happening in soccer or what's happening in car racing. I don't care. The Kentucky Derby comes around the first Saturday in May. Great. I'd rather be on a golf course. I don't just hate women's sports. I hate a lot of sports that have no impact on my life. And again, at this point in my life, if I sound selfish, who the hell cares? Um, I am at a point where there are things that I like and I'm going to spend time and concentrate on the things that I like. The things that I don't have time for or don't give a flying rat's ass about, I'm not going to give a flying rat's ass about them. Well, Melinda, Mike might be a jackass, but he's a consistent jackass, which is important. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, boy, that's absolutely <laughs> right. He's not lying. I am a jackass, uh, but I'm very transparent. And I am not going to blow smoke up Melinda's dress or anybody else's dress by saying that, oh, yeah, I, I'm going to, just because of you, Melinda, I'm going to watch uh, the LPGA this weekend. I ain't going to watch the LPGA this weekend. I ain't going to watch the WNBA, even though they're done. I'm not going to watch. No, when I leave Chris's house today, I'm going to go home, watch some college football. I'm going to go home and get ready for the Lakers winning of their 17th championship tomorrow, and I'm going to watch some week five of the National Football League. That's what I'm going to do, and God damn it, I'm entitled to do that. Well, I think one thing that would really help is if there was a sport where the women were better than the men. I think that would be really interesting and would really draw some interest. Or who knows? I mean, 
I would love to see a woman be the best at anything. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't think there's a lot of men anymore that uh, just are against women's, you know, playing in sports or doing well or anything like that or making money or anything else like that. I would love to see in anything, darts, snooker, I don't care what it is, even soccer. Uh, I would love to see a woman be the best in the world at something. I would love that. I, I mean, the uh, the I was thinking about this the other day. In the NFL, when I see a lot of these roughing the quarterback, roughing the passer penalties, I feel like it's going to get to the point, and I'm not even joking. I predict at some point, not that it'll necessarily come into effect and be a rule, I expect you are going to hear at some point in the next few years, someone will pitch the idea of quarterbacks not being tackled. You have to take them down by either two-hand touch or flag football. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm not joking. Oh, I, I totally agree with that. I, I, and I think that's where they're... So maybe we can get a female quarterback who's good. I mean, if one could throw the ball really far, like why not? Who knows? If you can't even touch them, that you know, or soccer, why can't... Why can't a woman, if a woman, why can't a woman be as talented at soccer as a guy? And why couldn't she play with the men? I mean, the men touch each other and they fall down and start crying. They act sure. worse than any sort of stereotype of, of some fragile woman could ever be. Uh, not that that has any bearing in reality. But I think that I'd love to see a woman do really well. Uh, and honestly, I don't think Mike is actually like anti-woman or anti-anything else. If they do a good job, if they're great, if they deserve to be there... Um, then that's wonderful, and I I don't think that Mike has any. I am not anti-woman. They can do whatever that they can do, and I applaud them for getting out there and doing it. She's asking why I don't watch women's sports. I have no interest, and that's the honest to god fact. And if I'm barbaric or I'm this or I'm this or that, I've been called them all. It doesn't matter. It's my belief, and I think that you have to respect that I'm being honest with you. I think, you know, you don't have to respect my views, but you have to respect that I am willing to share my views with you. And if they're archaic or barbaric and all these other adjectives that you want to use, that's fine. But the thing that you have to respect is I'm being honest with you. I I would like to see where women's sports don't necessarily have to be like a watered down version of the men's sports. Why not? Why can't the WNBA have a dunk competition? Because there's only probably a couple of ladies in the league that can even dunk. Well, okay, then make it so they go off uh, little mini trampolines or something. Like, do something. Uh, why can't, you know, wh- what if uh, there was a professional women's hockey league on the level of the NHL, essentially, and they had big hits and fights? You know, maybe that, I mean, but but they they never do. And I'm not saying that I need to see women punching each other in the face, but I'm saying that, uh, Any time I see a women's sports league, I will, you know, hope for their success. I will hope that they make good money yeah. and all this, and I'll and I'll root for that. But I don't think I've seen a league where it's just like the men's league. It's always there's something taken out. Yeah. It's a more basic version. They don't have the dunks or the contests or the fights or the hits or whatever. And even if they do have the hits, they don't have the they don't they can't seem to have that same impact usually. Yeah. Um, I just that makes me sad, and I would love to see that. I would love to see a women's football league that you couldn't even tell barely, other than they're a bit smaller. You couldn't even tell if it was women or men out there, and it's just great action, yeah. great, awesome. But it's just we've never seen it, and I would I would love to see that someday. That is what we envision as we start this new part of the podcast, this Monday mailbox. That's what we envision. I hope you enjoyed it. 
I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed finding out that people are contacting us, and I hope that you continue to do that. And hope that you, I hope that you, if you've listened to this now, I hope that some of you will go out. And again, Chris makes a great suggestion. The best way to do it is go to our webpage at uh, unscriptedmc.com. Leave your comment. Leave your question. Call Mike a pig. Call Mike whatever. That's fine. But at least the vision behind this is to have viewer, listener participation. And um, I'm real excited about it. I've had a lot of fun. We didn't even get to a quarter of the questions that we could have gotten to. So we'll save some for next week's edition of the Monday Mailbox here on Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Having said all that, for the executive producer of our little program, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.